Good morning. It is good to be here at East Chestnut Mennonite Church this morning. I bring you greetings from Blossom Hill Mennonite Church and the corner on 333 Delp Road. And um, I also want to thank Titus, who is not here. Uh, Titus knows Linda, I've known for quite a while, and Titus emailed me, uh, seemed to me like a couple of days after he asked if I'd be willing to uh, preach here, and uh, then asked for the title of my sermon. Um, he he knows me well enough to know that uh, it would take me a while, but uh, I, I was able to comply, so um, that, that was a step. I also want to just acknowledge the people that I do know, the faces that I am familiar with, that I haven't seen in a while, so it's good to see all of your faces. Would you please uh, pray with me? Dear gracious and holy God, we come this morning to hear a message from you. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of each one of our hearts is acceptable to you. You who is our strength, you our redeemer, you our friend. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In 1984, I was privileged to see The Wiz on Broadway. And for those of you who don't know, The Wiz is a musical based on an adaptation of The Wizard of Oz. And it featured an all-African-American cast. I remember the finale, the, the song called Home. And Stephanie Mills sung it, sung it movingly. And it goes something like this. When I think of home, I think of a place where there's love overflowing. I wish I was home, I wish I was back there with the things I've been knowing. When that makes the tall grass bend into leaning, Suddenly the raindrops that fall have a meaning, sprinkling the scene makes it all clean. Home. That place I remember that I couldn't wait to get away from. And yet, that place that I was drawn to when the world seemed so too challenging or, or too scary, or when I felt lost. Today's gospel passage is about home, that longing for home. And in this passage, we, we have a son who, who leaves home after asking for his inheritance in a way that is considered quite rude. His father is not dead, and yet he asks for his inheritance. And so what he's basically saying to his dad, you know what, you ain't gone quick enough for me, so let me get mine now. And he takes this money and then decides, you know what, I'm out of here. And he goes off, and, and the word is desolate. It doesn't tell us exactly what that desolate life is, but he loses his, all his inheritance. 
And in this journey, there's a famine and he needs to find a job. And we get a sense that he is away from his people. He's away from, he's in Gentile land. And his job is to feed the pigs. And we know that in Hebrew tradition, pigs are the most defiled animal. And yet he has a job to feed the pigs and even eat with the pigs. So when we talk about someone who reaches his bottom, I think he didn't have much further to go. And in this this mire with the swine, he comes to himself, is what the scripture says. He comes to himself, and he says, I'm going to return home. And as he returns home, He goes to his father and and he says to his father that he has sinned against him. Now, we often want to read this part of the passage as as a passage of redemption and reconciliation. And, And I want us to step back a little bit. He realizes that he is in pretty bad shape. And he realizes that... He could possibly get a job with his father if he says these things. It didn't say that he says it repentantly or it just says he comes to himself and he goes home. And he says what he has to say to his father, but he is greeted by this running father, this father who runs to him. You know, protocol would have said that this father should have waited for this son to come to him get down on his knees, apologize, and beg for forgiveness. But this father doesn't do that. Again, this father doesn't act like any other father. He runs to greet this lost son. And even before he really finishes this speech, he orders a welcome home feast, a homecoming celebration. But now we can't forget the other son, the other lost son, the lost son who stayed, the son who felt that he did everything right, obeyed all the rules and the ordinances, had a fine work ethic, felt and believed that he deserved more. He deserved better. He deserved recognition. He deserved appreciation. He deserved praise. He deserved a celebration. Now, if I'm honest with myself, I can relate to that older son. I remember a time when my sister, my younger sister, and I were invited to a party. Now, for reasons I can't remember now, we were told we couldn't go. Well, as soon as my mother turned her back, my sister snuck out, and I quickly let my mother know what had happened and all the indignation that I could muster, and my mother was hot. Now, our curfew was midnight, 
And midnight came and left, and, and by then I had gone to bed, but I couldn't sleep because my sister was not home yet. And so I lay in bed, and I prayed for my sister, and I said, God, please don't let mother spank Cynthia too hard. Well, about 12.10, I heard the knock on the door. My ears perked up. My mother said, where have you been? My sister said, to the party. And I think we should talk about it. And she didn't get a spanking. And I remember I said, God, I didn't say she shouldn't get a spanking. I just said, not hard. <laughs> so I can relate to this older, elder son. Because it seems like this elder son held on to a lot during this time of his brother's absence. And, and, and so this energy, his squandered energy, his spirit was full of resentment and, and insecurity and self-righteousness and, and judgmentalism. And, and this energy, this energy took him away without him leaving. This energy took him away without him leaving. Because in the scriptures, he refused to call his brother his brother. He said, your son. He refused to even go into the home. He refused to even eat at the table with his brother. He refused to, re to participate in the celebration. Home was not home to him. He even said that he believed that he was a slave in his father's home. So the question is, who is really lost? I wonder for those of us who have spent most of our lives in and around the church, if we are not more like the elder son. Our definition of who is a saint and who is a sinner, who we should eat with, who to invite to the table. See, this message isn't for those who we have deemed as sinners. This message, this parable, is for those who see themselves as righteous. Jesus is, is telling this parable in the midst of, in the end of two other parables, the lost parables. It's a three, three story, uh, three chapter book, so to speak. We first start off in Luke 15 with the lost sheep and the shepherd who goes away and finds that one lost sheep and brings that sheep back and rejoices. And the second parable is, of the lost coin, where the widow goes and cleans up the house all day. It would take me about three or four days, okay, a week. But finds that lost coin and rejoices, invites all of her girlfriends over and tells them and rejoices at finding that lost coin, that lost coin that in fact 
was probably worth one day's wages. So it wasn't a penny. And then we have the parable of the lost son. See, the scripture starts off with saying that the tax collectors and the sinners had all gathered to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders, were like murmuring. He sits and he eats with those people. He's defiled. He's not really, truly one of us. He's associating with those. So I wonder, I ask, who are our sinners today? Who are those that we deem as sinners? Who in our society carries the social stigma that we refuse to allow in our home, at our table? Is it single mothers? Is it the homeless? I mean, we we will serve them, but are we willing to sit at the table and be served by them? This winter... um, Blossom Hill took on a week at the women's shelter, and, and, and I stayed there for most many, many days of, of that week. And I remember two women in particular. One woman, it was a particularly cold day, and, and she was a woman that every morning we would get up early because she had to go to work. So this was a woman who had a job every day who was homeless. And, that, and she always got up and she had a smile and greeted and even, you know, have a, have a wonderful day as she went off into the dark to go to work. And I would be there in the evening and greet them as they came in. And this one evening I said, good evening, it's good to see you. And she said, I said, how are you, I said, how are you doing? And she says, you know, it's really hard out there. It's really hard that there. Sometimes it is just so exhausting. And I didn't have anything to say. And then one night, this woman who had physical challenges couldn't sleep, wasn't feeling well, and so she came out and sat with with me and and we were talking and and she's and I let them talk I didn't ask them about their lives or circumstances but one of the things that she said to me that really moved me is I know that I've made some bad choices but I just wish my children would talk to me I just wish my children would talk they if they would just say tell me just tell me how bad of a mother I am but I just wish my children would talk to me Or those who have mental health issues. So who are those that we are not allowing in our home? 
at our table. Are they those who we determine have made poor choices and, and don't deserve our hospitality? Are they those that are just different? They're ethnically different. They're culturally different. They're denominationally different. Are they our gay, lesbian, transgendered, and bisexual brothers and sisters who love Jesus and love differently? See, we are all longing for home. We are all longing for a place of, of security and safety and, and love and acceptance. But if we're honest with ourselves, we have not made it that way for many. As I read the scripture this week, I was also reminded that it was International Women's Day this week that this month is Women's History Month. And I look at what, I, I'm, although I rejoice that VAWA was passed, the, uh, the Violence Against Women's Act was passed, but to know that what was holding the VAWA bill up was that there were people who thought that men who raped indigenous women on reservations who are predominantly white men should not be tried for that crime on the reservation because that was not an American court. But it doesn't just happen here. We know that all around the world, the lives and the bodies of females and women make it hard for a home to be home, a home to be a place of security, love, acceptance, and safety. But I believe that our running father, our running father rejoices when we believe and we act like there is joy in heaven when one lost sheep, one lost coin, or one lost son or daughter is found. So my question for us is, will we identify with God's will and join those who we have determined to be sinners and join them at their or our table. Because you see, at the end of the parable, Jesus leaves it wide open. We don't know if that elder son comes home. We don't know if this elder son accepts the invitation to join the feast. We don't know. So will we accept? Will we accept who, God's, who God accepts? Will we accept those who are other, different, whoever is lost and how we define it 
as members of this family of God, at this table that knows no boundaries and knows no limits, this table of this running father who cares for the hundred sheep and the one, the many coins and the one, and two lost sons. My question for us is also, will we do what needs to be done so that all who come into our home, our home where we live, our home where we worship, our home where we have our citizenship in the United States, will we do what needs to be done so that all who come into our homes are and can feel welcomed, are celebrated, and are at home. Maybe there's a chance for me to go back now that I have some direction, it sure would be nice to be back home where there's love and affection. And just maybe I can convince time to slow up, giving me enough time in my life to grow up. Time be my friend, let me start again. And the last verse of this song says, living here in this brand new world might be a fantasy, but it has taught me to love, so it is real, real real to me. And I have learned that we must look inside our hearts to find a world full of love like yours, like mine. Home.